Hello and welcome to parentsjourney.net and the Wilderness Therapy and Residential Treatment Journey podcast. This podcast is produced by parents who, like you, are currently or have been involved in this unexpected journey with your child and family. We want this podcast to be a go-to place for information and comfort. We will have engaging topics with guest speakers that will provide good guidance and inspiration. Feel free to go to our website, parentsjourney.net, for more information about upcoming podcasts, articles, and links to other relevant resources, and some information about our coaching and mentoring programs for parents. Please enjoy the podcast. Welcome to episode two. I'm Lori. This is Andy. Today's topic is mental illness. Mental illness is the primary reason we are here as parents with children in wilderness therapy or residential treatment. Our kids have or are currently experiencing many different disorders, anxiety, bipolar disorder, depression, eating disorders, trauma, obsessive compulsive disorder, substance abuse, even suicide. We as parents have the same challenges and we are now all having to deal with coronavirus, which is adding even more stress. Mental illness is a health condition and it's very common. According to the American Psychiatric Association, nearly one in five U.S. adults experience some form of mental illness. One in 24 has a serious mental illness. One in 12 has a diagnosable substance use disorder. And half of all chronic mental health conditions begin by age 14. I am shocked by those numbers. They're really incredible. I would never have guessed that they were that high. The good news is mental illness is treatable. The vast majority of individuals with mental illness continue to function in their daily lives. And while our kids are in wilderness treatment or residential therapy, no, wilderness therapy or residential treatment, excuse me, it's good to know what additional resources are available to us and how we can learn and engage. So today we are very excited to introduce to you Mrs. Kim Jones. She is the executive director of NAMI in Georgia. NAMI is the National Alliance of Mental Illness. Like you and me, Kim is the very proud mother of a recovering child from mental illness. Hey Kim, welcome to the Parents of Children in Wilderness Therapy and Residential Treatment Journey podcast. Well, thank you, Andy and Lori. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today and um, appreciate what you're doing. First, let's get a little personal here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your child and how being a mother of a child recovering from mental, from mental illness has impacted you and your family, both positively and negatively? Absolutely. Um, I came to NAMI because I had a child who was born prematurely, um, and we went to children's health care and got excellent treatment for heart condition, lung condition, and everything else. I was able to work part-time. And I had no problems finding not just good care, but really good, excellent care for my child in many areas um, that he was dealing with. However, at the age of nine, I started noticing some other um, type of behaviors, um, jumping off our back porch with the rope tied around them, um, just not responding to a lot of normal things that kids would respond to, um, things that you know, if you put a child in timeout, normally their behavior would stop or different things that I kept hearing other parents recommend, well, try this, try that. And my child wasn't responding. 
Um, and I kept going to my pediatrician, um, my lung doctor, my heart doctor and saying, something's just not right. And would describe the symptoms and was always being told, it'll, it'll be okay, he'll grow out of that. Um, finally, I was lucky enough with our cardiologist. Um, he had just had a researcher in his office talking about the connection between congenital heart defects and mental health that he referred me over to Emory. And it was there that we got a, um, a appointment um, and then understood that my son was dealing with depression. Um, and unfortunately, it ended up that I had to quit my job because it took us two and a half months to find treatment for him. Um, we couldn't, even with two sets of different um, insurances, uh, two and a half months later, we were still looking for treatment. And that was with our Emory doctor calling. And so um, that's what led me to be here today as the executive director of NAMI. But what NAMI has taught me is the positive part of of all this is it's taught me to enjoy the good days and to enjoy every part of my child um, and to really appreciate the moments when things are going well and and so many other parents i hear that talk about things um there's that appreciation for just when you have a good day what that means to somebody when they have a mental health condition. So that, that's been the positive of it, is, is it's allowed me to focus on those really good things and to appreciate them even more. That's wonderful. Um, it's, it's been uh, an experience for you for sure and a lot of sacrifice. And it's great that you're able to see the positive, not just the negative um, as, you, as you've gone through this. And, and uh, I'm sure your son, um, really appreciates all the, all the support he's been given. Um, we've experienced some of the same, you know, where we couldn't find solutions either. Um, and we exhausted everything from therapy to tutors to special needs for school. Um, and she, you know, uh, floundered and then went into a depression too. And we couldn't, we had nowhere else to turn either. And we didn't know where to go until we found out about this ecosystem. So we're grateful to have gone through it, but, uh, and, and where we are now, but mental health will always be part of things. Um, so thanks for that, uh, sharing that about your family. Um, can you share more about your background and your current role as executive director at NAMI? Sure. Um, I'm a graduate from the University of Georgia with a degree in social work, and I did um, probably about, I don't know, 15 years in the nonprofit world with my last job being um, four years with Goodwill of North Georgia as the director of skills development. Um, and interesting enough, when my son was put on an antipsychotic, I got a call from the um, um, pharmacist or insurance company that they had to talk to me about it. And pretty much the story that you and uh, Lori just shared, I was a little frustrated <laughs> at the situation and even working at Goodwill where I worked with people with disabilities and mental conditions all the time, I could not find the resources that I needed. And I said, she asked me, was there anything else she could do for me? And I said, yeah, you could tell me and a lot of other parents where we could find some resources. And she um, told me NAMI. And I pulled up NAMI on the website and to be honest, I began to cry. And it was because I had been there before. Um, and even though my child, <laughs> it's kind of funny how we all live in this little denial sometimes because we all have mental health. 
um, it was because it was when I finally realized that my child really had a mental illness and a mental health condition. And because of my degree in social work, I knew what that meant. I knew the um, future that was there for my son. And so I also, when I Googled them, I also went to, I was at that time, my son had gotten medication, things were getting better. And I was going back to looking for a job. The very next day I pulled up um, Opportunity Knox looking for a nonprofit job and NAMI uh, Georgia executive director's position was open. And so I applied, they said they, I was the first application they got. Uh, I included my story in my cover letter and they said, we knew from the beginning that you were the person we wanted. So um, that's how I got to be here where I am today and feel very grateful to lead this organization. Wow, that is incredible. That how fortuitous that that was the job that came up. Mm -hmm. That just was meant to be, wasn't it? Yes. Wow, so so amazing. Um, what kind of resources are available through NAMI in Georgia? And and you know, you have weekly webinars and other educational programs as well as advocacy. Mm -hmm. What what kind of programs can you guide our listeners to? Sure, absolutely. Let me tell you a little bit about NAMI as the National Alliance on Mental Illness. We are a national organization and we have locations all across uh, the country. So I'll, I'll make sure that everybody knows there's probably a NAMI close to you. Um, and we believe in quite a few things. What I call the secret sauce to NAMI is we are made up of family members and people with lived experience. So when you reach out to NAMI, you're reaching out to somebody who has had a lived experience. And when you reach out to a NAMI affiliate, you're reaching out to somebody who's in your community, who has already lived with mental illness in your community which is so important because as you mentioned, Andy, the ecosystem for figuring out mental health is incredibly hard. And so that's the secret sauce of NAMI is we have people who are in different communities who can tell you where to go within a community, where not to go within a community and really reach out. But we have several different things, as you mentioned. Um, NAMI National has a COVID-19 um, guide that you can use and anybody across the nation can do that. Also on the NAMI.org website, you can find out where the NAMI is local to you. Um, I'm happy to say that a lot of our NAMIs have gone online with their support groups. We have family support groups and connection support groups. So we have groups for family members very similar to yourself and myself who can go online and interact in a online media as well. They're also moving all of our education online. Uh, we have NAMI Basics, which is a six weeks course, uh, two and a half hours uh, per unit that will teach parents about mental health and children and how they can even interact with their child to the best, um, to the best of their ability to be a better caregiver for their child. Also goes over um, it, um, medications, insurance, everything that, well, maybe not everything because every community is different, but many of the things that a parent needs to know about in dealing or in helping their child with a mental health condition. So, um, so it's great to know that there is this national organization that really deals with all different aspects of mental health. Can we bring, this is all about um, parents of, uh, with children in uh, wilderness therapy or residential treatment. Can we bring it back to um, how NAMI and how mental health exists because parents may have mental health issues and um, 
that they're dealing with on their own, especially with the, the stress that's going on with COVID and with their children. And then the reason their children are away or maybe going away or have just come back mm -hmm. is because of the mental illness that, de that they're dealing with. So where's the intersection there where, where NAMI could be a resource or how could, how could people benefit or, or uh, partake there? Yeah, I think the family support groups are very helpful and can really give you that one-on-one, -on -one, whether your child's with you or not, because they are going to be able to share with you. Um, many of our family members have been through the wilderness programs as well. And so they could provide that um, feedback to another parent about the best ways to get through that, through that process. Um, also, I think we do a lot in our family support groups in helping family members deal with their own mental health conditions. It's not, um, you know, we all have mental health and during this time with COVID-19, we're all experiencing even more stress um, on that. So um, we also have a, um, a PowerPoint that we just did in, a, in a, a presentation that we did on response to youth in crisis due to COVID-19 and I've included that um, here today so you can reference that if you don't have um, access to an online program i've put it in a powerpoint so um, the other thing i would recommend is we have a text line you can text nami to seven text nami to seven four one seven four one and that is a helpline that parents can access and or people with lived experience can access to get help if they're in a crisis situation as well. And then there's also the NAMI 1-800 number and that's 1-800-950-NAMI. Um, and that is another place parents can go if they're experiencing crisis or have questions. Wonderful. So there's, there's a lot of depth to that. We're gonna provide um, links to a lot of that information uh, in, in the show notes so that people can access that wealth of information for sure. Um, can we? Can, what kind of guidance? Um, I know some of it's probably in this PowerPoint, but do you have any particular guidance that you have provided to those who are struggling right now through this coronavirus situation? Absolutely. One of the things that I um, talk about a lot um, as parents, especially, the first thing we need to do is to take care of ourselves. You hear that all the time when you're in an airplane, put the oxygen mask on yourself. And that is so important, especially now, um, especially when this continues to go so long. We often forget about that as parents. We are so used to taking care of our kids that we don't realize the importance of taking care of ourselves. And that's important for several reasons. Um, first and foremost, you're gonna be dealing with stressful situations as your children are dealing with such stressful situations. So you need to be at your best. But secondly, and almost more importantly, it sets an example for your child. So one of the things that I'm recommending to parents and families right now is to be intentional about everybody's mental health within the family, to talk about it. Um, if you think of it like exercise, we see people who take uh, selfies of them as self-exercising, you know, you see the um, stickers on the back of the car for the marathons and everything, but we don't treat mental health that way. And one of the strategic um, vision for NAMI Georgia is to revolutionize the way Georgia thinks and does mental health. Because we, until we all kind of change that thought process, we're not going to see the real change that we need. So we, um, what I recommend is to talk about mental health as a family, to 
um, make a plan to do something about each individual person's mental health. I mean, it's best if they plan it for themselves, but to make a plan, what am I going to do for myself to take care of myself today? And then to do it and to not give up if you don't do it perfectly. So, so many times I hear people say meditation didn't work for me or mindfulness didn't work for me. And I'm like, well, how long did you try it? You know, just like our muscles, we have to practice these things. And so getting in the habit of practicing and not giving up if we don't do it perfectly. We have a big thing at NAMI Georgia. We say, we say progress, not perfection. So if you do it for five minutes and then you progress to 10 minutes, great. You know, next day you try for 15 minutes. So those are the, the key point that I recommend to people right now as we're dealing with COVID-19. Great, great insight. And, and sometimes in the middle of, uh, of everything, we forget about ourselves because we're stressing out about supporting our kids and, and trying to figure out the right path. And, and that's great advice. I have a follow-up and that is in some instances, the children aren't with the parents, right? Because the, parent, the kids are away getting, getting treatment and the kids actually, and there's extra stress because the parents are worried that their kids may get infected or the, the operations may be different or they may not have access to their kids to visit them or to talk to them or to do whatever. What do you recommend there absent parents just taking better care of their own mental health? Yeah, you know, um... That is such a hard thing. I, my son had to go into treatment for a little while and that lack of communication was really, really hard. A um, couple things I would probably recommend. And even though um, taking care of yourself, of course, I still would recommend that. But I would journal, write letters as if you were um, able to see your son or daughter and then mail them those letters, staying, that, staying connected. I'm also going to encourage you to really write in there about what you're doing for your own self-care um, so that they can learn that pattern of self-care as well. Um, getting connected with other family members as they're doing here with this podcast, I think is incredibly important as well, because when you're with other people who are, have similar situations, you realize you're not alone. And that is a big thing. That is our main mental health push is that we are not alone in this situation. And so I think really connecting to other parents who are in similar situations that you can share and relate to um, are really important and connectiveness in general, just for anybody's mental health, but especially when you're in situations that are incredibly stressful is really important. So I can't stress enough the connectiveness of um, either finding a support group or somebody similar um, that you can reach out and talk to. Excellent. Great advice, great, great advice. I'll just add to that, um, thinking back about our journey um, and relating it to what you just said, uh, there was a time during our daughter's time away in treatment where we had to form a letter that we had to send to her that was part of the process where we had to tell her how what had been happening had impacted us. And um, she later told us that that was one of the most powerful things that she had um, had to process during that time um, because she hadn't really thought about how we were impacted. It was all about her. And, and while that was different than what's going on with COVID, I think it's really important for parents to understand that it's okay to let their kids know 
how this is affecting them too. Like that is, that builds empathy in children and it builds um, something that they will connect with their parents on. Like, wow, my parents are affected by this too. And, and whether it has to do with just them being away from home or the stress of COVID or whatever it might be in their particular situation, there is really something to be said for your child hearing how you're affected as well and what you're doing to remedy that for yourself or what you're doing to try to help yourself. It, 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 I think what you said about setting a good example is spot on because they do see that you are working as well to improve your situation and, and that resonates with them. Yeah, Absolutely. Honest, yeah, the honest, transparent communication, good, bad, or otherwise, whether you're supporting them, whether you're transparent about how things have affected you negatively, it, you know, it, it, it definitely built more trust. Um, and certainly journaling and continuing to communicate with them in any way that you can, understanding that you're dealing with COVID too, they're dealing with it, you know, you're concerned about them and reaching out to those groups is fantastic. Um, can you, you gave a couple of phone numbers, but can you um, give the key contact information again for NAMI? There's a, a, a Georgia website and a national website. Can you repeat those? Absolutely. NAMI Nationals website is NAMI, N-A-M-I dot org. And their phone number for their helpline is 1-800-950-NAMI. And then for the Georgia office, our website is www.namiga.org. And our helpline at the NAMI Georgia office is 770-408-0625. Great. Um, just wrapping up here at the end of our podcast, this has been terrific. Obviously, NAMI is a nonprofit. So you look for, I imagine, different kinds of support and donations and corporate involvement and other things. I'll give you an opportunity if you'd like to, to speak to that for people who benefit from your great organization. Well, absolutely. Thank you so much, Andy. That's very kind of you. I'll, I'll tell you that the National Council for Behavioral Health uh, did a survey and there's um, quite a bit concern for all nonprofits around um, mental health right now. 61% of them have closed programs nationally and 40% of them have already laid off staff and NAMI Georgia is a part of that. Um, so there's a big push right now to ask for $38.5 billion from our Congress. As an advocacy organization, I, I have to put that out there because what we're dealing with now with COVID-19 um, is, is, is not good, obviously, but the aftermath that we're gonna deal with is, is gonna be severe as well in many areas. Um, we talked about that it'll be like PTSD, right? In yes, some, yeah. absolutely. So, um, so one of the things that we would ask for is one, contact your um, congressmen, your local um, legislators and ask them to support mental health in their budgets. I think that's important across this nation. Um, and we're hoping that that will happen, but um, when they hear from their constituents, that um, most certainly helps. Another way that you can help NAMI is we are run by volunteers. 
And Andy and Lori, I see perfect NAMI volunteers, FSG, family uh, support group facilitators sitting here. So um, get involved in your local NAMI and ask what you can do to volunteer. You know, of course, we rely on donations, but we know this is difficult time for many people. However, any little bit that you can donate, what we have NAMI walks every year, in during COVID-19, we're having virtual walks. And so we may be having a virtual walk this fall. But I always tell my people, you know, you can support us in three different ways. You can give, which we love and obviously will need, especially going forward. Um, but also you can share our information. That not only helps us, but helps the people we serve. And that's incredibly um, important as well. And then you can come out and help us. And so um, we also have May 5th is Georgia Gives Day. And uh, May 5th, Give uh, Georgia is going on. And I'm sure it's probably going on nationally as May is Mental Health Month. So if you participate in that through your company or um, a dollar can always help as well. So I appreciate the shout out and we, you can donate online at our namiga.org website. Terrific. And we will have to talk to you offline about getting involved more in, in NAMI. So thank you for uh, uh, reaching out in that way. Um, we clearly are dedicated to this community. So, Absolutely. Um, so, well, thank you for your expertise and your time and everything you've done that we can share with our audience. Um, we hope that uh, we expect that you'll get some uh, follow-up and visitation and, and certainly there's more awareness than ever with what's going on right now about about mental illness and you're so right about the the impact after this pandemic gets under control but um you know parents with these children who are away and going through this therapeutic treatment are under that much more stress and being able to have the tools and the methodologies and the support by organizations such as nami is is really outstanding so we can't thank you enough Really enjoyed this conversation and, and we look forward to following up with you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Thank you, Andy and Lori. Appreciate it. Thank you.